Welcome to Messy Closet, the spiritual journey of Generation X. I'm Roseanne Carlo, and here we explore the 70s, 80s, and 90s in New York City and the lessons my friends and I may or may not have learned. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Messy Closet. And today I am talking a Gen X point of view on one of the most stereotypical millennial things I can see happening right now. And something I really didn't want to mention, but I feel that it's important in the spiritual journey to speak about the differences in generations. Silent generation, greatest generation, boomers, Gen X, millennials, Zs, and these new younger ones that are going to outshine us all. But I digress back to my 85-15 percentage of stereotypical millennials and really awesome, amazing ones that have done things to change the world for the better. And I stand by that. And if you want to know how I feel about Gen X, I give us a 50-50 split down the middle of liberal and conservative. And that is just the truth. So this book and these interviews by Harry. Okay, where to begin? Number one, all we heard was, this is not the prince I was born, but the man I've become. And then the title of the book, Spare, about the prince he was born by Prince Harry. Not even like the Duke of Sussex, not anything like that, or just Harry. Prince Harry. And then he goes on to give out way, way, way too much information that any human being, whether public figure or private, should give out ever. And it's definitely not something I would expect from someone who, as he says, how can he leave the royals? How? He doesn't see how he's out because he was born into it, right? It's in his blood. But you're not acting like it. Like part of royalty to me was the mystique. I don't want to know what's going on in your home any more than I want to know what's going on in anyone else's home. I'm concerned with myself. But... You're giving away everything and then you're talking very private things about other people, whether they are true or not. And I'm so sorry that your brother pushed you into a dog bowl and broke your macaroni necklace. That sounds terrible. My God. If I talked about the fights that I got into with like friends and siblings and cousins, are you crazy? Why? Why would you talk about these things? Like, I believe that there's some truth to that story. But you also have to understand, he's very narcissistic as well. And I feel that narcissists, and they do this often, they either take something from many years ago and blow it up, and then they'll bring it into the present. So it could have happened when they were younger. Or it could have been someone else's story, and he just kind of took it and turned it into his own. We saw Amber Heard do that with one of her essay stories, and it turned out it was her assistant's story. And she actually said this in open court. So that's not something so far out of reach for someone who is narcissistic. And maybe he didn't write it. Maybe there was some other input because the word necklace is very feminine. 
I think. I mean, do you use the word necklace for men in the UK? Like, just let me know. Maybe I'm wrong. But in the US, men, if they wear anything around their neck, it's a chain. It's not a necklace. A necklace is something that is dainty and decorative and you might wear all the time because it means something to you or you might wear sometimes because, you know, you wear it out because it's fancy. But like if a, a man is wearing a chain, it's something he wears like all the time. And I, I've never really seen Prince Harry wearing any kind of necklaces in any photos or anything. Weird. It, it, that was just weird. Um, the thing about your private parts, dude, Howard Stern wrote a book and there's a movie called Private Parts. And you know what we did not see or hear about? His actual private parts. <laughs> I, I just, I never, ever wanted to know any of that. And you just cannot unring that bell. And then he says, I don't, I don't remember which interview it was because he's been doing so many and they've all sort of blurred into one. And in every one of them, plus the Oprah interview, plus the documentary, plus the book, there's something contradictory. Like I took away from the Oprah interview that the thing about the color of the skin was a racist comment. And all I was on Twitter at the time and all over Twitter and they're still doing it. They have these terrible hashtags that I'm not going to repeat. They were do well, I have been off Twitter for a few months now. Um, but they had these terrible, like just awful tweets about like Kate Middleton and they were putting like the triple K with her name and they don't have that in in the UK so you know people were being very vicious and you know he's saying these things about her now and he's saying it's just it's just um it's really disappointing you know like I had heard that he had called our first amendment bonkers like, what the hell kind of word is bonkers anyway? What does it mean in context to what our forefathers wrote? You know, like our forefathers left England. They wanted to leave the Church of England. And there was a war about not having royalty in this country. And we chose the democracy that we're currently fighting for. And he comes in with his prince, 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 prince. Like, we don't recognize that in this country. And I know that he has people that sympathize with him, but like, at this point, really? Because think about if your family member did that to you. Whether you're a public or a private person, you should not be talking about someone else's anything private, even private conversations without consulting them if you're using their name and face. Like usually what happens with books is people have to sign a release form so that, you know, anything said, the person who's named in that book understands like you're releasing this information to be printed hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of times forever. People are going to pick up this book and read this about you. And you're saying, yes, okay. They weren't even given like a copy of the book. And to say that they didn't say 
that the royal family was racist, but they're blaming the press for running with it. Well, if you hate the press so much, then for all that time that everyone's been saying that about your family, why didn't you step forward and say, no, I just thought it was really unconscious bias, which is such a bull. Like that's just, you're flipping it. You're flipping the story to blame everyone else for your actions. And I wanna to get to the balding thing because I've called him a balding man that's complaining, right? You said that your brother's hair loss is alarming and his resemblance to your mother is quickly fading with time. Dude, you are so petty. Petty little tiny cretin. What is that? Number one, at least your brother understood to embrace and grow with his looks instead of growing that little shrubbery of redness up in front of your head to pretend like you're not all bald in the back, like he embraced it and it made him more dignified. It just shows that you're so, so sad and jealous and that you hate yourself so much that you would do that and say that. He would never say anything like that about you. I would never say anything like that about anyone in my family so openly and publicly forever. I, I wouldn't say anything like that about my family. It's just, wow, oh my God. That is just awful. And I haven't even gotten to the worst of what I think you've done. And I'm not buying your book. I'm not giving you a dime. But I will pick apart what I've heard so far. And I don't care that I don't have the whole story because they've told so many lies. No one has the whole story. So you're telling me Bruce Willis, Dwayne Johnson, Telly Savalas, Yule Brenner, right? Terry Crews, all these people, Jason Statham, who have shaved their heads, who have embraced losing their hair, who have no issues with the fact that they might not have the same hair that they had in their teens and in their 20s. You're telling me that that's also alarming? Like, come on. And to say that his resemblance to your mom is fading just says that you're so full of hatred for yourself and the way that you look. Instead of embracing that charm that I thought you had for so many years. Like I thought of Prince Harry as like a lovable Peter Pan type. And I know I'm like addressing him specifically. I feel like I have to be like an adult around him and an advisor. And I don't know why. It's like, this is not, this is not a game. Like you've been talking and talking and talking, right? About your own safety and security. And then you made the worst, the worst statement ever about the military and the number of lives you took. Now, let me just say something. My grandfather was one of seven. 
twin girls and five boys. In the 1930s, the mid to late 1930s, they fled Italy because Mussolini was in power. And they all came to this country and each and every one of them, except for the twin sisters, no, I'm sorry, it was only three, three of the five boys, enlisted, one of them was my grandfather, enlisted in the armed forces in World War II. And I have an uncle who passed maybe 2009. He was also, through marriage, he was also in World War II and he received a Purple Heart for getting injured in combat. So I grew up with a very patriotic family on my mother's side. And they never talked about anything like that. I never thought to ask. Um, All I knew is that they were very well respected for joining the armed forces. And some of the people that I respect most in the world are people who stand up for their country. Now, we may not agree with the Taliban and their beliefs. And when the United States and the UK went to Afghanistan and stayed for 20 years doing these tours, doing whatever was going on there, um, you know, helping the people of Afghan Afghanistan who did not want Taliban rule. Okay. And then you say that you can't, I, I, I can't even wrap my head around this. So you give out this number and then you said they were like pieces on a chessboard. And there's a response from the Taliban. Now, I saw the destruction of 9-11. Not only that, but after that, there have been many attacks from extremists. These people don't mess around. And they believe in their cause, which is why you were there fighting them. And the response being, Mr. Harry, they weren't pieces on a chessboard. I'm paraphrasing. They were humans who had families waiting for their return. And they did. And I'm, I know war is not a fair game. But Harry, you were bragging about taking lives and calling them pieces on a chessboard and throwing the British army under the bus and making everybody less safe. You're like ahead of the Invictus games and you just put that in danger. Now, the last thing I'm gonna say about this is who's giving you advice? 90% of the things that are in your book should not have been in there. 
Three years after you left the royal family, you shouldn't still be talking shit about them and demanding apologies. What you should have done was built up your, what's it called, Archwell? You should have built up your charity. You should be out there doing that or living your private life. I'll never have a mansion in Montecito, but now I wouldn't want one because you live there. But it's just, it's just baffling to me. But now you've put everyone, everyone in danger. I've seen that people have to evacuate now. Americans who had been doing work there have to leave for their own security. Someone, a man who is taking care of dogs. Like, what the hell, dude? You, your words have consequences. I mean... You, like I said, you called freedom of speech bonkers. Yet you took that to say, spill my guts about everything? No one. No one wanted to, to know half of those things. And whoever advised you that these were a good idea to keep in the book and and Penguin Random House, like what you really thought that was a good idea to keep in the book, like now you're putting your staff in danger. Like, what are you doing? And then he talks about drug use, but he's going to get to stay in the country because he said it was as a minor and that doesn't count. But what if he's still doing it now? Like, can he get drug tested for his next visa? when that expires? Or can he get out of the country now because if there's a terror attack in Montecito, it's on him? I mean, Canada's pissed because it cost them millions in their security. They pissed off the UK. They pissed off South Africa. They've used Nelson Mandela's name and and likeness for their own profit not to mention other world leaders, you know, they're using the image and likeness of Jacinda Ardern, who's the prime minister of New Zealand, who said that she had given that interview back in 2019 as part of the Nelson Mandela Foundation. And she did not know that they had taken over the project. And there was something to the effect of it's putting her in a a difficult position because New Zealand and Australia are under the UK, just like Canada, and, you know, they're producing this, saying Duke Duke and Duchess, I think. It's, um, the whole thing is a mess, and I doubt it will be sorted out, but I will make this prediction, because everyone's saying this is the downfall of the monarchy. I have no idea what that would even entail, (laughs) so probably no. Um, I believe that, you know, the royals will go on living their lives and this scandal will blow over for them because they will continue to just keep calm and carry on. I believe that Meghan and Harry will get divorced. These are my predictions. And I don't know what's going to happen, where he's going to go, what's going on, but she'll get like a huge payout and then she will turn around and she will make herself even further of a victim of Harry's like drug use, because now he said something about laughing gas at birth, which makes no sense. 
Why would it be in a birthing room? I've never heard of that. That's weird. Why would he use it all? Why would he admit to using it all? Because if you are trying to stay in this country with your visa, you actually did just admit to drug use and not just drug use, but a whole can of laughing gas while your wife bounced on a ball for birth. I mean, this is just weird. Ew, God help me. So my prediction is they they will get divorced and she will take this and she will, you know, run and victimize herself more but I don't think that it's going to boost her career. I think it's going to be more to her detriment. But I say stay tuned for her version of the Princess Diana revenge dress. And I don't know really what will happen to Harry, but I really truly do hope that they, they're all safe, that no military personnel in the UK is harmed in any way because of his actions. I think that, you know, they got all these awards and stuff, and now we know it's really all just bull because they'll say whatever suits the moment, you know, with whatever question. I mean, the questions that they were asked, it was a few, who was it, Michael Strahan? Somebody, Tom, I can't remember his last name, and Anderson Cooper, I'm shocked. That was such a fluff piece. So they pretty much, how many questions can you ask one person who's talking about the same subject over and over again? So basically, in all these snippets of these interviews, they're asking him the same questions in different ways, and he's giving different answers. So that's how you know when someone's just in the moment, making something up for their own purposes to suit their own narrative. So this is what I'm talking about now. I'm going to get to the spiritual journey part, right? Gen Xers, we joke. We make jokes about a lot of true things. But I don't see us as like bitter and angry and whatever. And I just don't think that Harry understands like what sibling rivalry is. There's there's always competition between siblings. I mean, maybe his was on like a higher level because obviously like being king is is the outcome for William, like that's that. But I don't know. I would not have walked away from something because I didn't get 100% what I want. We're not ever going to get 100% what they want, what we want. And they wanted half in and half out. They wanted to use royal titles to commercialize, and they can't do that. But they're still using royal titles to commercialize. And, you know, I just, I just wonder if he already regrets it because his face in these interviews is not relaxed. He looks angry. You know, I saw him in in one, I forget which interview it was, but he was asked a question and you could see his jaw clench and he put his finger to his nose, touched his nose and like he had like this burning anger in his eyes, you know, and he's like trying to like calm himself down from being asked questions he had already agreed to answer. So there's just so much anger and he's just not well. He's just not well. 
And I don't know if he's been fed false information, like he thinks his family leaked things about him. I think his wife leaked the things to push along, what do they call it, Megxit. That's so funny. And it's just, he's, he's the stereotypical like millennial that cannot accept that he didn't get everything that he wants. And that's a hard lesson to learn. But when you're almost 40, even if it is a hard lesson, there comes a point where you have to accept it. It's like you're still pushing. I want an apology. I want security. Like how how are people in the United Kingdom supposed to send money to the United States for your security? That's horrible. That's not fair. If you want to live here in this country and be a celebrity and you are in need of security, then unfortunately that comes out of your pocket. And that's all there is. You can't leave a job and keep the benefits. And that's where the 50-50 thing came out. Like people have worked as royals their whole lives. And that was never a thought to commercialize it because you get the privilege of royal life to serve the people. And, you know, we have that here with the president. You get the privilege of living in the White House to serve the people. And that's that's it. I mean, that's that's the difference, right? We elect a leader and you have a, a queen or a king, but they don't rule the country. Like, it's not like, you know, there's declarations signed. Like, there's, a, there's parliament. So decisions are made in a more like democracy led way because it's not just one person in charge so i don't know i it's just so strange to me that a man who was born into everything wealth and privilege and castles and all of this rich tradition is just like well if i didn't get exactly what i want then i'm going to keep talking and trashing and having a big man baby fit until what? Because all all that's happening is you're pushing the people who have tried to support you further and further away. Like, I wouldn't speak to you. I wouldn't trust it that it's not going to end up in the next interview and all over blind items. And in the end, truly, what you have is your family. And your family isn't just your wife and kids. Your family is your extended family. And yes, I understand it's okay to cut toxic family members out, but Harry's the toxic one. And they're still trying to, well, they were until this came out, then they wrote him out of the coronation. And I think that that was a smart move because it's just... He, he's not in, in the head space to be able to commit to whatever it is that you commit to when, you know, someone becomes a monarch. The head space isn't there, but the hatred is. And it's really sad. You know, the Buddha says holding on to anger is like holding on to a hot coal and expecting the other person to get burned. And believe me, from experience... 
from being so hurt and so traumatized at times in my life as well, that you get stuck in a cycle of hell in your own mind and it like becomes this world of paranoia and what ifs. And it is hard as hell to break out of. So if anybody out there has gone through this, no matter what generation you are, I've, I've been in these cycles of, of just mind fuck hell. And they're hard to break out of. And what I find helps is breaking my own cycle, my own like algorithm to snap out of it. It's like, okay, I haven't, I haven't been walking enough. I haven't been doing enough yoga. Um, let me turn on some music and turn off the TV and turn off the internet and stop worrying about what every single person in the world thinks of me. Because what other people think of you is none of your business. And if they're talking about you, they've lost the privilege of talking to you. And, you know, I, I just was, I was hoping that this couple would take the high road, but they didn't. And it's just like, now it's just trash. Every, everything is kind of trashy that they do because like, if all you're going to do is trash your own family, trash somebody else's family, then reach out and trash your in-laws and do this and that. Like you're hurting even young children who are part of the monarchy and part of your family. And it's just he was advised to do this. And I feel that this is his wife's way of separating herself, stepping back, writing her own book, one about the family and then one about her marriage to him and then one about her divorce and it's going to go on and on and people will pick up because they'll think, yes, drama, yes, drama, more, more, more. But like I, like everyone else, am done with it. But I wanted to say that I think it's very disgraceful to the military and every military person in the world now should just turn their back on you because you turned their back on them. Every single military male and female. You don't deserve to call yourself part of that anymore. You broke the code. You also broke some code with your brother. Messed up. Messed up wrong. No one ever needed to know these things. So you took freedom of speech that you thought was bonkers and just became the biggest blabbermouth in the world. No decorum. And that's what I would have expected from a prince who was raised with manners. It's just shocking. Not in a good way, shocking. So to anybody out there that is siding with these two saying, yeah, yeah, good, you know, bring down the monarchy, they're only bringing themselves down because when you choose to go that low, you are already pretty low down. And it's just, I don't think what anyone expected from a distinguished royal man. Shocking. Shocking. So that's my Gen X point of view. And to anyone out there that disagrees, that's fine. I am just giving you my predictions, my thoughts as someone who has had a lot of family fights, but whatever, who cares? 
Fighting is part of life. Fighting means your emotions overtake you so much that you you care enough to fight instead of walk away. You know, you might say some mean things in a fight because you want you want to win, but I think that's just human, like that that you want to win. When you go and tell the world about these fights, you just look weak. Really weak. And you know, I'm just going to I'm I'm just I wish you well, man. I wish you well, Harry. I do. I wish you safety. And I wish you a lot of mental clarity because you need it. You need, like, I don't know. You just need to chill and stop. And stop being ruled by your anger and your sense of entitlement and your virtue signaling and your ego, it's going to ruin you. So I wish you well. And if any of my predictions come true, I might talk about it. Dude, that book is in print forever. Your words. So thanks for tuning in. That's my Gen X point of view on what's happening with that. Don't forget to keep art and keep love alive.